And welcome to the podcast summary of the IAASB's meeting held in New York on June 18 to 23, 2018. I'm Dan Montgomery, Interim Technical Director, and I'm joined by IAASB Chair Professor Arnold Schilder, Deputy Chair Megan Zietzman, and IAASB members Rich Sharko and Fiona Campbell. Welcome all. Arnold, could I ask you to start with an overview of this week's meeting? Oh, uh, thanks, Dan. Um, it's really unbelievable, I think. We have achieved all our objectives for this meeting, a six-day-long meeting with a very ambitious agenda. And highlights on that, of course, were the finalization of ISA 540, revised on accounting estimates, and the exposure draft for ISAF 315 on risk assessment. And I'm so pleased that the board approved both of those um, on 540, 17 in favor, one abstention on, on 315, unanimous, all 18, which is a great achievement. I think this really serves the public interest and the task force chairs, Rich Sharko for 540 and Fiona Campbell for 315, will speak more to that. There are also other projects that you'll hear about, all in all, very rich week and a great step forward. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Arnold. With that, Rich, tell our listeners a little bit more about the revised ISA 540. Thanks, Dan. When implemented, the standard would raise the bar for auditors through better assessments of the risk of material misstatement relating to estimates through a more robust understanding of the entity's circumstances and the nature of the estimates to identify and assess the risks of material misstatement. The standard also lays out a clear approach to responding to the risks of material misstatement by linking the reasons for those assessed risks to, f to the further audit procedures performed with a focus on the methods, assumptions, and data used in making the assessment. Auditors are also required to stand back and use their professional skepticism to critically evaluate the evidence obtained. A key theme of the board's discussion this week was making sure that the standard was scalable to all types of estimates, from very simple estimates to the most complex estimates. This resulted in some changes during the week to highlight how the requirements of the ISA can be scalable for different estimates. This standard will be welcomed by our stakeholders, particularly by regulators and auditors looking to increase audit quality. The board did extensive outreach in the development of the standard, and we're confident the standard will, be, will achieve its objectives. While the standard is effective for audits of financial reporting periods beginning on or after December 15, 2019, we encourage auditors to adopt the standard as early as practical, practically possible and to begin to incorporate the strengthened standard into their methodology and training. This is because the standard will be particularly useful for the audits of the expected credit losses under IFRS 9, which became effective for annual periods beginning on or after 1 January 2018. The board recognizes that the implementation of such a critical standard needs to be properly supported. The IWSB will support implementation through a dedicated working group and will monitor implementation challenges as they arise. The IWSB also has committed to post-implementation review 
after all stakeholders have had experience with the revised standard for a couple of years. Thanks very much, Rich. Uh, as Arnold mentioned, the IAASB also approved this week an exposure draft of revisions to ISA 315. Fiona, tell our listeners a bit more about that significant achievement. Thanks, Dan. Uh, we had a really productive discussion of our agenda papers this week. We started on a Tuesday and in particular got a lot of favourable feedback on our flowcharts. And then on Thursday, we shared what the task force had done to address the various board members' issues that they had raised on, um, on Tuesday. We shared that with them on Thursday. However, it became clear fairly quickly that people were still struggling with how all of this standard hangs together. So while it might look like a lot of words, it, it, we were really trying to focus on clarifying this issue for the, for the board members. And so we added um, a number of paragraphs at the start of the standard in the introductory uh, paragraphs. There were some very positive reactions to those introductory paragraphs. And also another area of confusion this week was if you identify and assess inherent risk, but you only assess inherent risk, why do you also not assess uh, why do you also not identify inherent risk? So the task force created a simple picture or graphic to try and clarify this issue. And the feedback again was that the board found that uh, helpful. So I expect we will see some of these non-authoritative pieces of material coming out in the near future along with our exposure draft. Scalability was another uh, topic that got a lot of uh, discussion by the board. And here what we've tried to do is clarify that the standard is scalable and that the guidance that we have written is truly for smaller and less complex entities, but that you would use your professional judgment to determine how the guidance might be scalable to the requirements that are in ISA 315. And then this paragraph on scalability was further enhanced during Saturday's board me meeting to land on the final words. The task force also proposed a few edits to the requirements to respond to some additional concerns board members had. And we also enhanced a few pieces of the application material in response to either changes in the requirements or feedback from the board. And that included some offline comments and, comments and editorials that we had received. So after many hours of hard work this week and in the past 20 months since our 315 project plan was first approved, I'm thrilled to say that the board unanimously voted to expose our standard for public comment, which is very exciting. So uh, this will hopefully, with the comment period being 110 days, that will give us enough time to then still bring a paper to the December board meeting and stay on track for getting ISA 315 finalised as quickly as possible once we've analysed the exposure draft responses. Thanks, Dan. Thanks very much, Fiona. Megan, uh, the board also had discussions this week on ISA 220, and maybe you could provide an overview of those discussions. Sure, Dan, thank you. Um, yes, our task force was very happy to present a, a first read of the exposure draft of ISA 220, which is dealing with quality management at the engagement level. Um, we had a really productive conversation with the, with the board. Uh, I think it's fair to say that our draft was well received um, and the board was very supportive of the direction of travel of the task force. 
Um, we've got a lot of uh, detailed comments both in the board discussion as well as offline, so the task force will be spending uh, some time in the upcoming months uh, analyzing all of those and, and in um, making changes to further improve uh, the, the standard, and we look forward to bringing it back to the board in September. Uh, we did get uh, some, uh, some feedback that um, emphasized the importance of the ongoing uh, um, alignment and coordination with our other project on ISQC1, which is dealing with firm level quality management. And we recognize that there are a number of places where we need to make sure that language aligns, but, but also that the concepts uh, kind of make sense when you put the two together. Um, we heard some reservations about the practicality of some of the suggestions and maybe the, the need for a guidance to show how you can really scale uh, the, the requirements, particularly in the context of, of smaller firms and maybe even sole practitioners. So a call for the task force and together with the ISQC1 task force to think again and or to think continually um, about how these two standards apply in the context of, um, of smaller firms. Uh, we were also challenged to, to look at the drafting and, and see whether we could streamline some of the application material in particular. Um, we also had, uh, at the end of the discussion of, of ISA 220, um, a discussion about um, the situation of when you have someone other than the engagement partner who signs the auditor's report, um, and there'd been a call for the uh, task force to look at um, whether it would make sense for, as part of the ISA 220 project, to, to look at whether ISA 220 should actually establish uh, some requirements that would deal with the situation. So first of all, acknowledge that in uh, many jurisdictions there are different laws or regulations that call for um, people who have a particular license maybe to sign a report or in some cases for a report to be signed by someone in addition to the engagement partner. So I think it's also fair to say that we had a very lively discussion with the board um, and that the, that discussion I think gave a flavor for the really the complexity of this issue where there are really a number of different um, takes on the issue, I would say. It's not one issue and different. Um, there are certainly different jur jurisdictional nuances and, and implications. Um, but I think there was um, a call from, from a number of board members to continue to look at this, maybe some diversity in perspective as to whether it's directly ISA 220 or, or some kind of a, um, a different project that would go on a parallel track. But it was recognized that we do need to do some additional research and outreach to, to really get a better understanding and inventory, maybe all of the different jurisdictional practices, um, and then decide on a way forward. Uh, so the task force is looking forward to bringing ISA 220 back to the September meeting uh, for a second read, um, and then the plan is that we would move to uh, finalize an exposure draft, hopefully for approval in the December meeting. Thank you, Dan. Thanks very much, Megan. And as our listeners can tell, it was a very busy and productive week for the IAASB. Uh, the board also had very informative discussions on a number of other key projects. The board discussed some key topics affecting ISQC1, in particular the overall structure of the standard and the firm's quality risk assessment process. The board also agreed that given the extent of changes to the standard, uh, there was a need to spend additional time deliberating some of the very important issues. The board had previously anticipated approving an exposure draft at the September 2018 meeting, uh, but concluded that it's best to delay the planned approval date of the exposure draft to December 2018. 
On emerging forms of external reporting, the board discussed the proposals of the working group addressing some of the key challenges, including materiality, evaluating the suitability of criteria, and building assertions for the subject matter information. The board also received an update on the AICPA's audit evidence project that is considering aspects of ISA 500 that may need to be updated in light of emerging technologies. And the board also discussed some possible next steps for the IAASB's data analytics working group. So that brings us to the end of the various topics that were discussed by the IAASB this week. The IAASB's next physical meeting will be held the week of September 17 to 21, 2018 in New York. Uh, the board will also hold a teleconference in July 2018. In September, the board will consider issues and have further discussions on a number of matters, including ISQC-1, ISQC-2, ISA-220, ISRS-4400, addressing agreed-upon procedures engagements, key issues in relation to emerging forms of external reporting, and feedback from the stakeholder survey regarding the IAASB's 2020 to 2023 strategy. Uh, the board also plans to hold a joint session with the Ethics Board, IESBA, which will include topics of mutual interest, including technology and aspects of ISQC-1 and ISQC-2. Meetings are open, and members of the public may register as observers. Uh, please register as early as possible for observer status for our next meeting as the registration closes two weeks prior to the start of the meeting. More information is available at www.iaasb.org. This concludes the podcast summary of the IAASB's June 2018 meeting. Meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board discussions are also available on the IAASB website. Listeners can also follow us on Twitter. Thank you for listening.